Hello and welcome to Each Sold Separately, Collect Them All, an action figure podcast with me, Colonel Rain's Car, and your friend and mine, Brian Charles Rooney. This week, our very special guest is Mr. Brian Flynn of Super 7. He's here to talk about that amazing new Snake Mountain pre-order for Masters of the Universe Classics, as well as many other products coming out this year from Super 7. We're going to learn all about Brian and all about that Snake Mountain right after this. Is Snake Mountain ready to take on He-Man? Snake Mountain Battle Armor Human is going to breathe so separately. You put the mountain together. Batteries not included. Are your serpents ready to strike? Yes. Come, Demon. Come to Snake Mountain. You can. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, this is your friend, Colonel Rains, and I'm here with Brian Charles Rooney, and I'm also here with Brian Flynn of Super 7. How are you, Brian? That's oh, good. It's Attack of the Brian's. Which Brian? So many Brian's around here. <laughs> so many so Brian's. Brian's on this podcast. Oh my god! <clears throat> exactly. Can't throw a stick without hitting one of us. Yeah, no. you gotta have Brian's. I love Brian's. My best friend is Brian. <laughs> you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> we've had we've had other guests named Brian. We have a current we well we have a current guest named Brian, and I'm super 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 excited and happy that you're here. <laughs> and uh, and I know other people, uh, our listeners are as well. Mostly. I got a lot of emails after hinting that you were going to be on. Like, can you ask about this? Can you ask about this? Can you ask why this is happening and this is happening? I'm like, you know what? There have been some other podcasts that have uh, had him <laughs> on as a guest, and you can listen to those because we wanted to talk to you about. I mean, it's just a simple question, but it's probably a very large answer. Why did you become a toy maker? Oh. I got lucky. I got extremely lucky. I, like most everybody listening, I will assume, is that we all start out as toy collectors. And mm. um, so I started collecting toys again in the summer of 1991. Uh, after my sophomore year of college, I went home and I decided I wanted to get some of my toys again, which was relatively easy because um, – Every kid still had stuff in their garage, and they didn't want right. it. Right, it was really easy back then. Twenty bucks to get you everything <laughs> that kid ever had. Enough. Yeah, and that was a waste of money. But uh, I, <laughs> you know, pick up most everything that I had as a kid in pretty short order. And at that time, that was right when Tomarts and AFN were just starting. Like I think issue three came out in the summer of '91. Oh wow, that sounds about yeah. right. Uh, and I remember at the time, the rare, according to that price guide, the rarest figure was an Anakin Skywalker. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> the rarest figure of all. I remember that. I remember that. Oh, remember that. Man, oh, hard to find. Oh my God. You know, it was. Um, so, but um, that was also the year that Bondi started making Godzilla vinyls again. Uh, right. Hadn't been making any for years prior to that. Uh, Yamakatsu was the last people that made them in 83. Mm-hmm. And in searching for Shogun Warriors, I came across a guy at a flea market that also had the Bandai Godzilla vinyls. So I started buying Japanese Godzilla vinyls at the same time because as a kid, I didn't ever have any Godzilla toys and I had always wanted them. And that was sort of the beginning of my descent into Japanese vinyl toy collecting. <laughs> Mostly because, like I said, it was very easy for me to collect all the Star Wars figures and Masters figures and sure. or GI, whatever all that stuff I wanted in 91 because you could literally just go to the flea market and oh, pick yeah. it all up. And 
it wasn't you know you didn't know about all the variants and the boxes and the you, you yeah, the stuff from care. Europe and all the stuff from Brazil. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, know. there there were things that I didn't know. I mean, I had every He-Man toy, but I had no idea that the laser figures existed or the giants existed in Italy and you know and, I and, first saw those in Tomarts I think way back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Same. If you if you didn't if you couldn't reach out and touch it it didn't exist. So Right. I was pretty well done with my action figures in pretty short order, but then the Japanese vinyl thing, you know, especially pre-internet. Oh, you, sure, yeah. You, the only place you could find that stuff was in Toy Fair, uh, if you remember that monthly yeah, yeah. print magazine that came out. Yeah, and I just, just missed that magazine, actually. I do, you too. Know, <laughs> stuff. Well, you realized later that the ballers FedExed it, and, and all sorts of stuff. So you never were going to get the first dibs. But it was really hard to collect Japanese vinyl at that time, especially vintage. And there was nothing that you could find written about it, really. And the aesthetic was so radically different than anything else I collected uh, yeah. that it was really, really interesting for me. And it was affordable. And so... Not that long, you know, in 95 is when I moved from Texas to Portland to work at Nike. And uh, when I moved to Portland, the guy that ran uh, Things from Another World, which is uh, the his brother was the guy that ran Dark Horse, who collected Godzilla toys. Yeah. I walked into Things from Another World and they were full of Godzilla. <laughs> full. Oh, probably and like 50,000 variants 50, of different... 60, 75% clearance because no one wanted them. Oh, wow. Literally, I went to like the five stores around greater Portland area, bought everything, and then I was on the West Coast, and things showed up there a little bit, and then I started being able to travel to Japan and buy vinyls. Oh, wow. And so this is all a long way of just getting to, like, eventually I'm traveling there quite a bit. I'm collecting stuff. I get to know people in Japan that are collecting old vinyls. Those are fans that eventually become the guys that first start remaking sort of their, sort of the boutique collector vinyls rather than the master sure. vinyls. Yeah. Through them, when we started the first issue of Super 7, one of the things at that time was if you bought Figure King or Hyper Hobby in Japan, they would have a coupon in the middle of the magazine that you had to cut out that you could mail in for a recolor of a figure. And it was right. a way for you to, to make you buy the magazine is the only way to order this recolor. And so when we started the first issue of Super 7, we approached some people we knew in Japan about doing the exact same thing for our magazine. Like, could we make a recolor of their figure? And you had to buy our magazine, cut a coupon out of the page, which is enough to make all of us go insane. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for people who don't know, that's how you started with the magazine, not yep, not I'm toys initially. It was toys, right? Because yeah. because at that time, my thing was that, especially in the world of Japanese toy collecting, it was a very very uh, closed community. Mm -hmm. and, and I say this in a way like the Japanese collectors work very different than American collectors. Um, it's a very isolationist sort of thing. That sounds weird because but you don't share information you don't tell somebody anything because then they might find something you wouldn't <laughs> that so you, sounds like hollywood you don't help out <laughs> your fellow collector where american collectors are very very open with it like, yeah like yeah. the first time 
somebody they're like oh man do you know about the leo stuff do you know about this like you gotta right. look variant with the you know and it's like oh they would never tell you that they would never tell you that wow so when we started the magazine the whole point was to put the information in one place i had no no illusion that we would we were hoping to break even on the magazine i treated it like a punk rock magazine uh except that i could do digital pre-press and uh, digital photography had just started right uh so we we're like okay it's going to cost us $3,500 to print the magazine. Can we sell 10 ads for $250 each? That'll get us 2,500 bucks. And if we can sell enough at five bucks to cover the other thousand dollars, we broke even, we get the magazine for free. So we win. Right. That was the whole model. Uh, what surprised us, I guess, was that so many people were interested in the magazine. Uh, and it, because it looked good. Right. Know, by most of the magazine distributors. So the magazine started doing really well. And going back to this, that's how we got to make our first vinyls was we started to recall ah, oh, nice. for the magazine with Japanese toy companies. Now, within that world, the Japanese collector is very, very linear. Uh, they're very, very referential and they're very, very much analytics and data driven. So. <laughs> When they do recolors, everything is very specific. Like, here's a Pegura, and I'm going to recolor the Pegura in navy blue with silver spray, and that references the Marison first version. Then I'm going to do it in blue. Ah, wow, how interesting. Marison second version. Everything is a reference. When we started recoloring things, we were just like, what looks cool? Right. We don't have any of that back history. We don't have the baggage of whether that show is good or bad or that character's stupid. We're just like, just what looks cool yeah sure so the first things we did was hetero the smog monster because he's one of my favorite he's the most abstract monster ever it's just like he's gonna fight pollution <laughs> <laughs> it's like what it's just uh, like yeah no one's gonna win lovely it would never get greenlit here so we we made a, a hetero and we made it in clear orange vinyl with yellow spray and red spray and called it meltdown hetero and all right. the guys in Japan were like, well, what's the reference? We're like, there's no, it looks fucking cool. Did that freak them out? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But what happened is as we started to do more of these really weird recolors, they became really popular for the American collector, but they became really popular for the Japanese collector because it was a very different aesthetic. Right. We went, we went off style guide, if you will. And so they became very popular. So that led to then us having our own recolors, then having us being able to do our own sculpts for these companies where we say, oh, hey, you know, there was a six inch, a nine inch, a 12 inch, but then and a three inch, but they never made the four and a half inch, or they never made this. Can we do right. that? Can we make this thing in a sideboard with pipe cleaner? So those, we got to start making our own sculpts. Then we got to design, uh, I got to design one of my own original characters for a company called Secret Base. And then from there, then we started making our own characters. And then over time, as we started to make more and more of our own characters, we started to make our own vinyls ourselves, not our own characters with other companies. And then conversely then came back. And then the first sort of American project that we ever did was the Super Shogun Stormtrooper. So as a kid, okay. I, was, I had Star Wars toys and I had Shogun Warriors. And I always right. wanted like 
why can't my peanut butter be with my chocolate? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, now I, they can. And so we made the Stormtrooper. And the reason that that happened was the guy at that time that was in charge of licensing was a guy named Paul Southern. And before that, he had been the international licensing partner. And he put Medicom on to Star Wars and everything. And when we showed up to talk to him, he was just like, oh, I didn't know anybody in America made these weird boutique toys. And we're like, I, he was like, I even know some of these. I've seen them in Japan. We're like, yeah, we make that stuff. And he's like, all right, well, what do you want to make? So we made the Stormtrooper. And then after the Stormtrooper, we sort of had a little bit of money. And we're like, okay, we either make, you know, go to make Boba Fett. But it's going to take us another two and a half years to do that. Is there, Or do we try to do something else? And then same thing, going back to an old copy of AFN, I was like, well, the thing that I always wanted was the alien Kenner figures that never came out. Right. Yes. And right. so we were able to track down where the original prototypes were and who had them and then remake those figures. Uh, and we changed a piece on every single one of them so you couldn't pass off ours as the originals. Ah, smart. Uh, very subtle. And then you guys do a lot of that type of proactive kind of justice <laughs> in, in I've, different posts that I've seen where you're kind of like, don't buy this scalpers thing because we're going to make you more of these toys. I very much appreciate that. Oh. I think it's a great way of doing business. And, and I don't know that a lot of people are aware that you guys do that. <clears throat> but it's uh, just to sidetrack for a second. I just think it's fantastic. So, well, it's it's you know we're all collectors, and at the same time you want to have access, right? But at the same time you also don't want them to be everywhere, right? That makes of course. Sense. That's a rough well, balance. That, that, yeah, yeah. That limited nature, I think, also sells a toy. Um, a little bit. I mean, it's sort of why we do the pre-orders the way we do, which is like mm -hmm. here's a month, man. You got plenty of time. You got right. no issues of worrying about whether or not <laughs> this this. You got plenty of time, but after that time's up, we're not going to make any more. Right. We're just going to make to what's ordered. Everybody <clears throat> got one, and we're good. Yeah. And if the market determines afterwards that it's rare. Then, then that's the market. But I can't control that. But it's like my job is to let everybody have the opportunity to buy it. And then once we move through that, let's move on to the next thing. Because what I don't want you to do is spend $35 on a figure for me. And then a year later, you're like, man, this thing's 20 bucks. Right. Like, why did I, do, you know, that's the worst thing in the world. I want it yeah. to at least be worth 35 bucks. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't I think... want it to be worth 250 only right. because then, <laughs> right. cause that's painful and that sucks and there's no fun in that. Right. Well, but, um, yeah, I think that is that is a fun thing about collecting for me in some of the things I've collected that there is an appreciation and that there's sort of like a a toy kind of mark stock markety kind of feeling where you can kind of play that. I know some people look down on that and I don't I don't mean scalping, but I mean like collecting for investment and kind of watching something appreciate and then maybe selling it or trading it for stuff that's newer or that you or older that you couldn't afford before. Yeah. Uh, or you know, I, I that's fun to me, I, and well, I know it's fun for a lot of other collectors. Every every collector listening here has gone to a flea market, found an Optimus Prime or a Skeletor for five bucks, and went, "Oh man, I can put this on eBay for forty bucks tomorrow." <laughs> right. And that's how I afford. I mean, that's how I afford half the toys I got. Like, there's no shame in that game. 
I think the thing that we tried to do is not make it something where it's so limited that you've got people literally trying to screw over, they have to screw over somebody else to not get it so that they can get an extra one. No, I definitely That's appreciate that model. The because you're giving people plenty of time, and I think it's fun for people to get in on the ground floor and get that first series of something. Mm. And and if they appreciate value, that's great. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, but it's I'm like giving people with, time, and if you snooze, yeah. you lose. I'm sorry. Well, it's yeah. like what we did with uh, you know uh, Laughing Prince Adam. Like I didn't expect that to sort of cross over as big as yeah. it did. When it did, it was like, okay, look, I'm not trying to make this hard for everybody. We'll make more. Right. Like, don't freak out. And that worked. It really, it seemed mm -hmm. to work really well. It didn't yeah. make you. It didn't. It didn't leave you with stock. I mean, I, I no, assume. No, made the order. Yeah. That's and, a, that's a probably a huge help too. Just being able to kind of have something exclusive for the con, but then say, well, now you can pre-order it. We're not going to have. It's not going to be, you know, five thousand units, and we'll hopefully sell through. Because that's probably pretty devastating to a company that isn't Mattel. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, their their warehouse, as everything sort of closed down, was full of older figures. You could buy figures from three, five years ago for right. a third of retail, or they'd show up at big lots because mm -hmm. they made Right. You know, once again, it's like, there's no, there's no fun in that, especially if you've had to pay a premium price. Uh-huh. With shipping and taxes yeah. and yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I walked into GameStop the other day and there was a Hydron figure for $14. And I was like, oh, poor Hydron, who was like apparently one of the least popular of the, of the entire line under Mattel. But it was like $14, really? I bought two of them for 30-something. And yeah, so yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, I mean, the reality is I'm not selling toys to eight-year-olds. Right. Oh, yeah, no. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> I have to say, the vintage, the new vintage uh, uh, style five-and-a-half Masters stuff, my son, who's almost four, is absolutely in love with. And oh, it's good. been an incredible experience being able to share those with him and, like, kind of bring in, like, my old battle cat, because that's one that's like less likely to break, um, and other things, and kind of be like, this is what I played with, <laughs> and he's super into it. So it's that that line, at least for me, has been one of the most exciting things that you guys have done with the license. I mean, I've bought all of the things you've done, with the license, like even the, the glasses, but oh. like and the and the, ske and the skeleton, the hanging glow in the dark Skeletor for Halloween, oh. and you know, I, I I'll be buying the masks. Mm -hmm. I make um, fun of him for this all the time. For being such a oh. devotee, you make fun of you buying every Masters thing that exists. Yes, you do. Yeah, make some <laughs> sandwich bags with He-Man on them, and he'll buy them. Yeah, well, yeah, probably, yeah. And, and you know, if it was Shira, it would be even better. That's well, true. yeah, that's I mean, true. that's, I've been bugging. I mean, if I don't get, I will find a way to have a Starburst Shira Classics figure at some point. The fact that that's never been made is just, that will stick in my craw, and it's probably not ever going to be that's made. That's really the only will... reason he wanted to talk to you, Brian, was to play that plug, I'm pretty what sure. What I'd really like to talk to you about is Swift Wind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the new version or the classic version? Because that's a there's a big difference. Um, Look, uh, my daughters thought that the new version was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. My yeah. son thinks so too. I I, I, I did it. not know what to expect, but yeah, he thinks it's amazing. 
They love it. I, I have no qualms with it. Uh, I, when we made the toy for the new series, yeah, the the overwhelming, not overwhelming, but the a lot of the feedback was just, I kept hearing this thing of like, she looks like a boy. And then I, I it took me a while to realize the true meaning of that statement mm-hmm. was much like the first time I heard Make America Great Again. And I thought, oh, mm-hmm. he's painting some sepia tone thing. And it was like, no, that's actually a racist thing. Um, okay. It was like, she looks like a boy again means uh, my sexuality came into bloom through Shira, and that's not Shira. Right. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not, that's like, same thing. We got so many people, we've made every character from Alien in three and three quarter. And right. one that I get asked about all the time is, when are you making Ripley in her underwear? And I'm like, really? I'm not wow. making Ripley in her underwear for you guys. Wow. I'm just, <sighs> yeah. That's not. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I had a conversation with someone I've known for a long time, and they're gay, and and so am I. And so, like, it's it's an interesting perspective with this show because it's showing something that I certainly didn't see as a child. Examples of something that wasn't necessarily heterosexual, but it's not hypersexual, and it's not the characters aren't victims. They're not, you know, predators. Um, but this person was like, I hate the show. It's terrible. It's ruining the classic version. Blah, blah, blah. I'm losing you, Brian. Pretty decent. And I like the acting. The woman who plays Entrapta, I think, is particularly amazing. Um, but it's a different time. And it's been really interesting seeing how it has affected people. I mean, WonderCon, I guess, was where there, there was like a massive amount of people cosplaying for, for uh, people, for characters from the show. And people were really surprised. Um, but he, he just didn't quite get that it wasn't... It, it, she doesn't look like a boy. She looks like a woman who just looks differently than you think she should. She looks like a, a 11, 12, 13-year-old right. girl. Right. That's what they look like. Shira looks like a 28-year-old girl. Right. Yes, yeah, from the right. 1980s. I mean, she looks like right. an 80s bombshell. Yeah. yeah. She, she's not a teenager. No. No, and yeah, I remember when the people are like, oh, Adam and Adora are 16 or 17 or 18 or whatever, they're 18 when they meet or something. And I was like, what? Or Tila was like the same age. And I'm like, I thought Tila was in her 30s or 40. Like, I, I, the way the show was back then, it made them just more adult despite, oh, no. you know. They were adults. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, speaking of the toys you made for that, I kind of, I'm, I'm waiting impatiently for them to make toys for the new show because that's my hook into media for kids. Um, but I really, uh, what, what? I don't know what they're making, but I know they're making it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've heard a little bit. Um, and I, I'm excited for it, but I, I do I really loved the two that you guys made. The packaging is gorgeous and they're great figures. I mean, just the fact that you can have her hold her sword up in the air and it's got the wrist for that is really great. Um, so just by saying this, you have just made, there's about 5,000 comments that have just shown up about the He-Man's wrists in the sword. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I know, uh, I know people. Yeah, there's but... other reasons I can't talk about. Right. Well, I mean, I think if people actually paid attention, and this is, I, we, won't, we won't talk about this too long, but I think factories and 
things that are allowed to be reused or things that don't exist anymore, things that cost too much money to make because they don't exist anymore. I, I don't know that people really get what goes into making this stuff. And I have a weird perspective because I have friends in the industry. And so I hear things about how much things cost or how much of a profit a company makes on a castle, for example. Mm -hmm. And people are saying now like, oh, Snake Mountain, it's $600 and the shipping is this much. And it's like, well, you're getting it from, from the factory. So think about the fact that it costs me $14 to send a, a, fig a Marvel Legends figure to California. Now you want to take something that's probably 40 pounds, roughly-ish? 33. Okay, yeah. so and but ship it from a factory in Asia to your house in North Carolina, Maine, Florida, wherever. It's not going to be fifty bucks. It's going to be a lot of money. I, I mean, the, I, box, the box is thirty inches by thirty inches by fifty inches. Wow. So Holy yeah, I mean, cow. fifty inches tall is is four feet two inches tall. Yeah, that's massive. My gosh, <laughs> insane. That's incredible. A child. It's the size of a child. I mean, it's, we're it's, we're literally it. So we're shipping them freight. The best way, actually, for all of the domestic customers is it actually comes to us here and it goes FedEx freight to them. Okay. International, we're still dealing with because it, once it goes freight because of the size, because of they do mm -hmm. a thing, they measure the cubic space and it's too big, it has to go freight, is the problem that we run into internationally is if I'm sending you something freight, then I have to have a freight forwarder. Which means oh, right. a single individual has to become the freight forwarder. So, and that changes country to country. So we're in Oof. the middle, figuring out each country. Most of the EU we've got handled. Right. It's. it's uh, well, you it's work with that South space America. space figure and going to be working with that's, yeah to help us there. Um, it's most of the the Latin American countries and the far Asia stuff that we're. Oh, and Australia, I bet too. Australia. I mean, because it's a huge amount of fans, and I think they're all very passionate. And I think that particularly Australia, Asia, some Latin America, and Germany have been why this line has lasted as long as it has. Oh, Germany's a, a easily number two. Easily. Right. And quite, they mean way more than Canada. <laughs> right. And Mexico actually is number three. Wow, really? That's very interesting. Very interesting. And, well, Two years ago, we went to the first unboxing as guests, and we went, you know, we wanted to check it out. It was right, cool, of course. And it's nice and all that other stuff. We had no idea how big Masters was in Mexico until we went there. Star Wars is not a big deal in Mexico. It's sort of like you have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, and then you have He-Man. It's hmm. really hmm. interesting. Like, it... That's why, if you think about all the bootleg toys you've ever seen come out of, yeah, so they're all the yeah, they're all masters, yeah, yeah, they're all that five and a half inch thing. We were completely unprepared, so that's why we went last year and made the the Mexican Los Amos packaging on the vintage figures. Yeah, I loved Take that. Unboxing <laughs> and say like, hey, really, to say to those fans like. Your history is just as valid with this line as the other. Sure. Special for you. No, that's true. You know, actually, now that I think about it, having gone to PowerCon, there are actually quite a few Mexican fans that I've met at the con. Uh, 
So that that's interesting. I never really put that together. Um, I've definitely met tons of European, especially German fans of Masters yeah. of the Universe yeah. uh, in the time the internet's been around. Um, yes. Uh, quite a bit. So, how uh, are you excited to 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 make that Snake Mountain, get that sucker going, and, and finally <laughs> be able to release it? I, I remember getting the original when I was a kid, and I uh, had, had you know had it forever and ever, and it was one of my all time favorite things. And the new one just looks uh, really incredible. I'm a playset guy myself, um, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, about it. Reigns has every playset ever made. Yeah, oh. most of them. No, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I am. Well. All right, sign sign up. There's one. We got yes. one. There yes. we go. Perfect. We got one. Um, two actually. Two. I, I I I would really like to make it. I it's it's a preposterous thing. It's oh, a yeah. ridiculous thing, and I really love the fact that we have the opportunity to make all those weird, ridiculous, preposterous things that no one else would make. Yeah. You know, like Slayer figures or whatever. You know, right. King Diamond. What what just like. Let's make it blood splattered. Why? Because right. <laughs> exactly because it's because it's awesome and it looks cool and it's art. I mean, we talk yeah. about that on other episodes about how yeah. toy collecting is fun and it's you know whatever. But it but it is also pop art and that I, I don't know. I, you know, I think that's important if you're an adult collector to be able to appreciate why you collect and 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 kind of explain to people who look at you funny. Yeah, um, yeah, it's art. It's no different than collecting art. Uh, you know, formal art. It's yeah. no different than collecting it's just, it's sports more memorabilia. Affordable. It's more affordable. It's affordable yeah. art. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I think so. Getting back to that, not to, you know, I, I really hope that we get the orders in. Um, I know that we've been taxing people pretty heavily leading up to this with how right. much, much products out. Yeah. Um, but the first week so far has not been as good as I would have hoped. Right. But I also think if it's anything like, you know, I, I went back and looked at how Jabba's sail barge did. Sure. And I think through the first, you know, I can't remember how long it was up, but like up until the last week, it was still not even funded. Yeah, and it was it, really low. I was in the couple thousands in that last week. It was like 3,000 until yeah. like the last week and then it jumped to like eight. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that you know that's a sort of similar thing because quite frankly you know as as I've alluded to in other places like we're very aware that it's been a sort of relentless for the last few months and there's only so much money it has yeah but, but the payment plan helps. But the payment I yeah the payment say. plan that's... I think is the greatest thing uh, that you're able to do that because a hundred dollars is a easily affordable. Uh, yeah. For most everyone to do, especially you know, for collectors, for collectors, especially to get something like that, you can put other things off. You can put your Marvel Legends off and all your other things off if you want to spend that yeah. hundred dollars on that snake man because you're yeah. never going to get anything like that again. And I'm right. hoping, yeah. of course, that when it does make at the end of May, that in June you'll start the Eternia pre-order. Is that what's coming? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we need a Crystal Castle. We need some, we need some golden pink. We need some masculine golden pink castle. Or fortress. you could just drop that master's line and start making Black Star. That's my favorite. <laughs> that would be fun too. People ask about Black Star. People ask about Mask. Uh, mask, yeah. I, I had a friend today ask me um, to ask you about Mask. Um, I actually have a question about 
Well, I, it, it goes to what you were saying about funding, you know, and reaching the numbers that we, I, a few friends of mine got an email uh, from Entertainment Earth, who is also selling the, the Snake Mountain playset. And they were, they were, you know, saying it's, uh, the chipping through them is a lot cheaper. Um, I don't know if this is something you want to talk about because I don't really I, know hey, the logistics of, of how that works, like your your retail partners that way. But the, one of the things that was really cool was that anybody in the L.A. area that orders from Entertainment Earth can buy it. I mean, they have to pay for it all at once, but they can pick it up because they do will call and you don't have to pay shipping. So if you live in L.A. and you want Snake Mountain and you can pay it up front... And it fits in your car. Yeah, it fits in your car. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> right, fits on the back of your bike. Um, you can you can avoid I, look, the shipping. I so I, I really don't care how people get it. Right. Uh, if if entertain, I mean, the reality is with an Entertainment Earth or a Big Bad, the shipping volume that those people have, of course, is probably a hundred to one. Right. To what we have, of and course. We have, really good rates but it's still a certain thing like at a certain point to ship a 33 pound box that's four feet tall right so it's like furniture i mean and that's what i don't think people get and well and then we we you know the reality is when you buy a dishwasher or something and it's yeah. Oh, you can get this 75 dollars shipped it's because you're paying the other hundred dollars in the purchase price yes. right you know, well, and you're also probably buying from something like Home Depot or Sears or whatever, where they know, have that that the the amount of shipping they do drives down their prices. Well, and, uh, and you know what they what they pay. Everybody's gotten used to it with Prime and Amazon. Like, you mm. know, shipping's cheap. It's like go walk to the post office with a you know a a, a twelve by twelve box and see. No, it's yeah, ridiculous. Oh my gosh. $20 just to ship a box this big. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, podcast can see how wide my holding my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very wide. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the truth. Postal, the postal rates for, I mean, in the U, USPS is the cheapest. The rest of them are and they've gone up like expensive. crazy in the last couple of years. Since yeah, I've been selling and, off most of my collection in the last five years, postage has gone up so much, and particularly overseas postage is out of control. Yeah, and yeah, I, you Canada know, me, I collect places, so I ship huge boxes, and and it's uh, sometimes very difficult. So I can't even imagine the having to deal with figuring out how to ship to all over the world with a giant playset. There's yeah. just a certain point where it's just like, look, I mean, and that's why we did the 150. Uh, break price because it was sort of like at a certain point like i think we looked it up and if you ship if i remember right shipping from our warehouse to new york was 189 dollars yeah that sounds about right and <laughs> it was just one of those things where we're like if it's gonna be that people like what are we gonna do so at a certain point we just said look we'll just do it 150 shipped anywhere in the states right just like it's a lot, but at least it, it sounds a whole hell of a lot. But 189, you know. Yeah, just, that's a, that's. How do we, how do I we don't. This as palatable as possible, but at the same time, like, I can't ship it for free. No, just can't. And you're never going to get it again. This is my thing with people. Like, you can't complain about. You could charge a thousand dollars. I think that would still be a great deal. I, it's not something you're ever going to get the chance to ever have again. And the fact that there's even people willing to create something like that or crowdfund something like that uh, that you guys are doing is incredible. And we're so yeah. lucky to have people out there even considering 
that type of enterprise and and people should feel lucky i never complain about how much something's going to be shipped or how much it's going to cost it's like i'm just lucky to have the dang thing i'm lucky that it exists well i appreciate all the sunshine and uh (laughs) no i mean i do agree i you know i mean if you want it you need to you know you're gonna have to fork up to get it well yeah and it's expensive and, and everyone gets that but i i the people online that i'm seeing kind of Either hemming and hawing, or pushing people not to buy it because they're they're making the ref, the inference that oh Super Seven is totally ripping you off and the shipping is a total rip off and I just think to myself, have you been to the post office? Have just, you shipped just anything? Help, you just like go go to any service you want anywhere. Right. Type in thirty by thirty by fifty, yeah, oh yeah. thirty three pounds. Tell me what it comes back with, and I can guarantee you that it's far far more. That's a good point. I think people listening should to do that. And I'm going to tell everybody I know that's on the, on the fence. Go ahead under, and do yeah. that. And I don't understand why a, anybody complains. I mean, that's such an, I mean, even just the product, the stuff that you've shown, the, the images you've shown, it's just such a beautiful piece of oh, art. God, yeah. And I, we'd all be so lucky to have the dang thing. Um, uh, but I have a, I have something I've been wanting to say to you, Brian, for a long time. We did a little an episode of our favorite things from <laughs> Toy Fair 2019. Toy Fair. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys dominated both of yeah. our lists of top 10 things. Hey. I, mean, I think you guys had 70% of both of our lists for the stuff that you guys were making this year. And um, I got to tell you, as um, one of my favorite properties of all time, the fact that somebody thought to make break-in action figures <laughs> is um, probably the greatest toy gift I've ever received from anyone that I'm, and I'm, that I'm getting all, all TKO. I'm getting all three characters is uh, thank you very much. And who came up with that idea and who was that brilliant that said, we need to make turbo and ozone <laughs> and Kelly. that made your week. At, I swear I that my was whole the year best. so far that yes. I'm getting those figures. The, the, this <laughs> interesting thing. So, uh, I actually did come up with the idea to do break-in. Yes. And it was because we were in, in a, one of the deals that we were signing uh, with, I, I believe, God, I want to say that that one is MGM. Yeah, and you say, who we're going to Canon stuff now, yeah. About some of their older properties. And essentially you can go into the vaults there and be like, okay, here's all the weird movies no one else cares about that I'd like to get. And, you know, whether they have rights to them or not, they check. But it's like, you know, we got like six movies at once. And I was like, you know what? Throw throw in break it. Just, you know, come on, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I, I pushed, you know, I was like, I think we should make it. And this is the funny part. I was like, I don't, I don't know if we'll break even on these, but I think it would be hilarious to make. And I, I shit you not that that was the single most popular thing we yep. showed at Toy Fair. That, really? Uh-huh. That was the thing where people people that don't collect any of the other stuff that we make wow. walked to the booth and were like, what the hell is that? Oh, my God. That's awesome. Well, I think what I didn't realize is – if you were a kid, so for me growing up at that time, you know, what, what year was that? 84, 85? Breaking is 83, I think. 80, they both oh, came wow. out in 83, 84, something like that. 84. So if you're thinking about, you know, what you watched after school when you came home, you know, I came home and I always put on a skate video and I watched a half an hour of a skate yep. video when I skate. So if somebody were to make a video, you know, a figure, 
from one of those skate videos. It's not really apples to apples, but like I would be like, I watched that movie 439 times. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that movie more than life. So if you were a kid that was wanted to break dance and cook, cause I couldn't, you know, you watched that movie 430 mm-hmm. times. And that's right. what I realized that so many people, that movie is their sort of childhood after school movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, on HBO every week for like two years. Yeah, I'm the same, Brian. I'm the same exact kid right there, and we will pull the card. My brother is a little older. He he sounds like he's maybe around your age, and he would pull out the cardboard, and and we'd do it. We oh try God, and uh, so do our awesome. best, but he would never let me be turbo. I always had to be ozone. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, that's okay too. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was the that was the surprising part was that 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 movie and i think that that's that we come back to like making a lot of like making snake mountain it's just like what are those things that you haven't you're not going to get from somebody else you don't need right. the same thing from me that you can get like hasbro's going to make wonderful toys mattel's going to make wonderful toys NECA's going to make wonderful toys what can i what are the things that i want to make that those guys will never make peewee <laughs> Haley's Playhouse, thank you for also reviving that. That toy line, thank you very much. With a Captain Carl figure, too, which is like super important because he was part of the creative force that made that whole brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't know that people know that Phil Hartman was part of that, but it, it, you know, because he wasn't on the show, the the Playhouse show that much. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's so, I mean, that. My son is also weirdly super into Pee Wee Herman, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure primarily, yeah. and then he he watches the the Playhouse show on Netflix, and I watched it as a kid, and had the the toys, and they still have them. But the fact that you're going to be making new toys, new Pee Wee toys, yeah, is like that's another it's another thing. Like I would, where am I, where else am I getting that? That's not happening anywhere else. It's not going to happen anywhere else. No, so, and the crazy part about that is you do reviews with Pee Wee himself. Right. Get on a Skype call <laughs> oh my God. and he goes through the sculpts. It's so oh, wow. awesome. And he's he's very, very particular, but he's very I'm sure. and he's awesome. And it's just the most surreal thing to be, you know, to be talking to Mr. Rubens. Yeah, yeah, my gosh. Pee Wee's voice coming over in here going I don't know about these cheekbones. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's so great, because so, Brian, I'm I, sure you've been watching him since he did Pee Wee as the comedy show, like his Groundling yeah. stuff, right? You remember those amazing HBO specials I, and stuff? My God! I, I saw them later on. I didn't see them obviously way back when. Right. Later, they were like, oh, it's kind of dirty in the beginning. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the shoe mirrors and yeah. I used to love totally... when he did the little boy where he was like flying like Superman and all <laughs> yes! that. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that I, speaking of reaction, because those are reaction yep. figures that I wanted to talk to you about the worst, because mm-hmm. that's a really remarkable line. And it's all in-house original stuff. And I don't know anything. I don't know anyone really that I know, know has known much about the genesis of that line or the or, or who does the art for it, uh, mm-hmm. who designs the figures. So I, if whatever you can tell us about that would be great because I, I have really enjoyed some of those and, and uh, it would probably push me to buy even more of them, <laughs> which is probably bad, but. Um, so the, the Genesis with the worst obviously is toy collectors. Uh, so uh, Josh and I were sitting around 
and we were talking about how in any toy line, the coolest characters are usually the villains. Yes. The best costumes, the best designs, they're always the bad guys. Right. We just said, how funny would it be to make a line of just nothing but bad guys? Yes. Let's, cut out, let's cut out the uh, the heroes just all together and just cut straight to the chase. And we were just like, I think we're at a point where we're big enough that if we made something, there'd be enough people that would look at it. And we approached it not like a traditional action figure. We approached it like we did a vinyl figure, like we had done our yeah. other creations, which is let's not make very many <laughs> because I don't think we can sell very many. And to get to the minimum number that we have to make just to get the factory to make it, we're just going to have to make a bunch of different colors. Right. But we think that that collector who's like us that has a similar background or an action figure collector that just thinks that this is a cool character, if they like, you know, Bachelor or Robot Reaper, they might buy him more than once. And at $15. Oh, sure. So we just, we, we waited till we got to a point in the schedule where we sort of like, for lack of a better description, we, we squirreled enough money away to be like, okay, we've got one project that can fail. All right. <laughs> so, Let's let's make the worst. And so I designed three of the characters, and Josh designed three of the characters. And um, the, you know, the name was just straight up from the idea, which is right. the worst villains ever. And over time, it evolved from being like they're the baddest of the badasses to like they're actually the most they're the worst villains ever. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're just terrible villains. They're terrible. They're terrible at this job. They all think they're great. See, but they're... that, that great. needs to be a cartoon then, because that's, well, that's funny. I it's mean, in development, Brian. You hush your mouth. It actually, so <laughs> we have we have been in development on a cartoon yes. now. Really? Good while. Uh, <laughs> final script. We've done animation yes. tests. Final script. And assuming assuming it all goes well, it will turn into a show, but that you're, even though we're already at this point, most people will be like, Oh man, you're almost there. It's like the reality is still three out of every four shows. Yeah. Of course. Killed at this point. Yeah, so, right. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but the two minutes of animation I have is really cool. Awesome. Oh, I bet. <laughs> that is really awesome. And so, uh, you know, we just came out with worst series two. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I did three of the character. Well, I actually only did two of the characters. Josh did three of the characters and the third character who's actually in the animation is a character called Shadusa. Yes, that's my favorite one so far. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? So I had the idea yeah. around, I, I wanted her to be sort of this Medusa-type character, and I was really struggling with the character design. So I came home and I asked my daughter, and I said, okay, here's the, here's the idea. She's, she's this you know, snake girl, uh, but I, you know, why don't you draw some? She went into a room, literally came out in less than five minutes with three drawings. <laughs> wow. Nailed it. She's That's like, awesome. arrows, they're snakes. And she shoots them at people and she's got a snake headband. <laughs> and and she it has the snake there. arm, which is the <laughs> coolest part. <laughs> it's like and her hand like, is a snake mouth. Yeah. Her so hand. great. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like, I was just like, okay, done. Check. And so You should have your daughter voice her. Uh, it would be really well, funny if she had like the the voice that's not what you expect, like not like this, but it's like oh hi, like it would be no ridiculous. The voice that she is right now actually is, um, uh, Ces- I can't remember her. La- I'm, I'm 
going to get in so much trouble with the writer because it's his wife. But she's on. <laughs> she's one of the the new character actors on SNL, actually. Oh, cool. Oh, oh, wait. Um, thin, kind of strawberry blonde hair, maybe. Tall. Yes. Yes, her. She's very funny. I can't remember yes. her name either, but she's yeah, she's new this season, or maybe she was featured last season, and they pushed she her. She was featured last season, and she made the thing. This yeah. Season. Oh, really yeah. cool. That's she's really very cool. funny. She's and she's very very talented, and I really hope that this happens. So that's, that's really awesome. But yes, um, it, it it's but it's that same sort of thing, which has been very interesting for us, which is just like since the beginning, it's just like why don't we just make the thing we want to have? Of course. And most of the time, not always, most of the time that's worked out pretty well for us, surprisingly. Uh, you know, but it is a sort of a thing where I think where we come back as as a person that's, you know, more than neck deep in toy collecting, it's like I know what I want at this point. There's probably a lot of other people that are looking for the same sort of things. Sure. Definitely. You know. The other question I had for you, Brian, was um, the thing that I was actually extremely excited about that you showed was the <sighs> classic All-Stars, all your baseball yeah. figures. Yeah. Because I was oh, a yeah. huge starting lineup. That was right. Starting I was lineup, yeah. 13, 14 when starting lineup happened, and it was just the greatest. You know, that's back when baseball was still, you know, my favorite thing in the world. And, and these classic All-Star figures, I was totally blown away. I mean, I gushed and gushed over them talking to Mr. Rooney here. Um, yeah. about how blown away I was, and I can't wait to get them for my father, who's a huge fan of that era, of course, and and he's gonna die for that Willie Mays and that Mickey Mantle and and the Yogi Bear and all those. And um, where where did the idea for uh, classic All Stars come from? Because I was totally like shocked and surprised and excited by those. Yeah, we definitely knew that one was coming out of left field. Um, how that sort of came about is about a year and a half ago, uh, a gentleman that works for us now. Uh, named Bart came in and he he had worked on baseball he'd worked with MLB for years and years and years and years and years and for a very short window of time he worked uh, on a, a a company called Flophouse uh, with Mike Becker it was sort of Mike Becker after Funko before okay that and he he sold Flophouse to Funko because Flophouse was a t-shirt and pillow toy thing oh, yeah. and he had been making the pillow toy side and he came to us and he was like look hey MLB's been asking me about making toys but you know I don't know where to go blah 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 I talked to a couple of people but he goes I love what you guys make would you ever want to make something for baseball <laughs> and and I, I sort of said no at the time because I, I was like I don't know you know Starting lineup did their thing. Right. McFarland did his thing. I'm not sure what we would do, but let me think about it. And so I spent a few months thinking about it. And then what I, I sort of came back with was this idea of like, what would I be interested in again? And starting off with it, I was just like, as a kid, the first thing I ever collected was baseball cards. Uh, Christmas 1978, my Uncle Tim sent me a box of baseball cards for Christmas. And I opened them all up, and that was the first thing I ever collected. And I was like, okay, I, I would want to make this feel like collecting baseball cards. So mm. let's is there a way to put this thing to, you know, make this feel like I felt like when I was seven years old? And buying baseball cards. And so 
going backwards, it was also a thing where we didn't have a whole lot of time to get this year's stuff out. So I just was like, okay, let's focus on sort of the main rivalries, LA versus SF, New York versus Boston. Obviously we're in SF, we're a little bit biased. So, uh, <laughs> but let's, you know, let's talk about it sort of, you know, let, let's, let's talk about the emotion of this. Let's not talk about the plastic, if you will. I want, I want, I want when you see this, I want it to hit you, you know, in the heart more than in, in the brain. Cause you know, if you're thinking about it with your brain, you're going to want that hyper-realistic McFarlane thing, maybe. Mm. Well, that looks like Nolan Ryan. Like, I'm not as interested in that. I want right. to feel like I felt like when I had Nolan Ryan's baseball card when I was seven. There's definitely a nostalgia factor in play, especially with that packaging. It oh. looks like it, it makes you feel like there's a... I, this is going to sound so corny, but it's like a warm, kind of homey, kind of kid thing that goes on in my head when I see the packaging and i go yeah and it does feel like i want to collect these but i don't want to open them i want them to be in the in the package and because it just looks so good and, it, that, that, and that's exactly where so when when we when i went back to them it's like okay we're interested in making baseball but this is how we would do it and obviously that's very different than what a lot of other people might have done so um i felt like when we went to Toy Fair with it. I thought it was really going to catch people off guard. Uh, it was a very unexpected left turn, but I still felt like it really felt like it was part of our brand. Like mm -hmm. when I went to people before they'd seen it and I would say like, oh yeah, we're going to be, we're going to do some baseball figures next. And they're like, what? This, this doesn't even make sense. And I was like, trust me, it'll work. Like, you know, it'll make well, sense. Well, it may not have made sense to those people, but you're going to be drawing in people who, to whom it will make, it already has made sense. I mean, that's, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's definitely a, a left turn, but it, to me, it's still part of the same world. And I think we're treating it in a very similar way that we mm -hmm. treat the property. You know, if you're talking about masters, it's very reverential in a lot of ways. And it's very, you know, we we want to go deep down the rabbit hole on all these weird little things that if you pay attention, you know. Right. So that's, those are interesting things to do. So I think with baseball, it was that same thing. It was like, what's our version of this? How are we going to do our take on this that doesn't look like anything you've already got? Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it it definitely Doesn't. took me aback, and that along with the breaking figures, I was like, "Well, Super Seven won Toy Fair this year with those." <laughs> well, thinking outside the box and so, thinking of yeah. something. How I, I appreciate you telling us how you came up with the idea because that's exactly the way it hit me. Is exactly the way you described it, and um, I cannot wait to get those in my hands. When do they come out? <laughs> they will come out uh, All Star Weekend. So okay, perfect. First okay. weekend, first week of July. That's great. Okay, good. I'm very. I'm Smart. so looking forward to getting that Mickey Mantle for my dad. He's gonna 100% freak out. Oh well, that that's what I'm hoping he'll he'll do. He I'm definitely hoping. will. And I'll you know, have the rest of them uh, playing in the haunted house you guys released uh, back at Comic Con a few years back. they will be hiding in the attic of the haunted house. The haunted house that I, I didn't buy that is four billion dollars on, on eBay right now. You want to know why it's four billion dollars? Because there were seven of them. <laughs> All right. Oh. 
It is easily the rarest thing we've ever made. Mm -hmm. Made that in the USA, printed, scored, die cut the whole thing. It, we made 500 play sets, which at the time for us was a pretty yeah. size run. Um, I think in the end, by the time it was all done, said and done, we sold 90 something of them. Wow. Oh. And we sat on pallets of them for like a year before finally having to basically recycle them. Really? One would buy because the original idea was it was supposed to be a Universal Monsters playset. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And Universal at that time, the person in reviewing stuff was very, very literal and came back and said, "Well, Frankenstein and Dracula don't live in the same castle." Oh, oh geez, God! Come on, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> come on, look at the old Remco playset. You're killing me. You're killing me. And and um, uh, it uh, it was one of those things where it was. A little bit expensive. Like we we heavily modeled it off of the Palatoy Death Star yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and we made it, you know, it's the same thing. It doesn't always work. We made it where like if we're gonna make a cardboard playset, let's make this the coolest cardboard playset. Of course. And we took it to eleven, and um, I think most people would have preferred us to maybe take it to seven. But um, and I just think it was it was it was either an idea before its time or just it didn't hit people the same way we thought it was going to hit. So the reason it's so expensive is because they all got recycled because wow. no, because wow. it was too big, it was cardboard. We didn't understand it, so we're just not going to buy it. And we literally just we couldn't give them away. I rushed to Comic Con that day it came out and got it. <laughs> so See, I, I was I the, probably the first. A, you know, I, I was one of the first one. ten people to get one, probably. I, I didn't because of the price at the time, only because I wasn't collecting uh, reaction yet. Yeah. And then I started to, it and was I was like, bucks. I have to have this. And it was going to be a split between my Universal was, Monsters and Rocky Horror. I thought it was very, kind of very reasonably priced, and I'm a huge cardboard <laughs> playset guy, of course, with everything else. And um, and I'm I love it. I, I still love it. It's on prominent display. Um, it's sort of hiding. Oh, you can see me cool. sort of hiding behind me, right over there somewhere. Well, that's that's uh, great. I'm glad that you've got. Like I said, I only have one. Yeah. So, and the so. box itself that it Damn. came in. Oh my gosh, I love that thing. It's sitting right yeah. You have to, you have to edit yeah. this out now because if this goes out now, everyone's going to know and the prices are going to go even higher. Please like, do. That'd be great. $700. I'm never for, for mine. That, one's, that one's being buried house. with me because yeah. I love cardboard places. Yeah. This is being buried with me. You know, it, it, not every idea works. You know? That's so. interesting. Wow, how interesting. I wonder if that was just a timing thing, too. I, I think it was, I think a lot of people didn't really, they were just like, it's cardboard like they right. you you like when we did the first alien playset you know it was based off the land of the jawas playset and it had right. the plastic base with the cardboard that slid in the back like people understood that they got it when we went with the all cardboard playset and we're talking about the palatoy and we're different stuff like people were just like i i don't know what this is it's not licensed it's big the box is unwieldy like i don't know I don't understand people's problem with that. I think I thought it was a brilliant idea. No, maybe, yeah. maybe before its time a little bit, but I thought it was a brilliant idea, and it harkened back to the mail away Lone Ranger playset and all those old from Gabriel and all those old great 
place that's like Legends of the West, you know, Frontier uh, Town. Legend I love that stuff. One, yeah, yeah, Maybe. exactly. I, I think it. What, how I always describe some of that stuff is like there's times where we get a little too inside baseball. I think we were a little too inside baseball on that. Yeah. One. Well, you made it for me and the ninety other people that know what the Legends of the West is, so that's good. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, I mean, you could try I again. You could do like a cardboard movies. fright zone and see what happens. Exactly. In fact, I mean, we're, we we've uh, we've talked about it with the uh, the the plastic base actually. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, that would so. be very cool. Well, if our if the classic all stars do really well, I want a little cardboard baseball stadium like an old you know if it's. Oh, that's a good idea. Actually, that's a great idea. It'd have to be. I can't. It'd have to be huge to be in scale. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. It'd be like the old Nash play set. That's huge. Actually, yeah. you have a subscription and buy it in section. Badly out of scale. That would actually be pretty funny too if it was crazy out of scale too. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, before we end, because we've, we've kept you a while, um, I'm going to just have some selfish time. Um, and it's also, <laughs> but it's also representative of the, of the many people that I kind of speak for on, on occasion on this podcast. Oh, Lordy. Um, what? I said, oh, what? Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that there's a, there is a, and I know that there are issues because of rights and all these things, but there are uh, particularly in the vintage masters line, and Club Grayskull, just people kind of begging for Great Rebellion characters, the heroes from that mm -hmm. uh, reaction as well. Because um, when I, when you get, guys did the Hordak Shira reaction two pack, which was amazing, and you had the Etheria uh, art on the left, um, I thought, and a lot of other people thought, oh my God, they're going to do a Shira line that's parallel to the He Man line in reaction, and that'll be amazing, and you can get all these characters. And, um, and then what was interesting was that the She-Ra figure that's coming out is on the Grayskull card pack, which is fine and great. Because um, for to me, she's very much both things. But it sort of sent me a signal saying, I don't know that this is happening. So, And of course, yeah. you have this new show and that ruins everything. So yeah, I don't it, know. If... There, there, there definitely is a lot, at, you know, play where... They don't want there to be confusion in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, that would make sense if they had something in the marketplace, but you know. But it, it's that same <sighs> thing. I think in, in that regard, there's not that there's an unwillingness to allow us to do it at some point. It's mm -hmm. just when there's right now, when nothing's out there and they don't know how things are going to do, right. right now, it very much is a. We need to make sure the toys come out for the new show. Right. People buy them. We need to make sure that that works. And then we can sort of talk about how we can bring some of the other stuff in. Because what we don't want to happen is for you to pre, you know, for somebody to have a perception that if their product doesn't work, it's because it was preempted by our sales or sure. it's done by anything. Sure. Uh, so that said, there's not that the, not an unwillingness to allow us to do it at some point. It's just not right this section mm -hmm. right now. When we did the stuff at San Diego last year and leading in the show at that point, it got pushed out a lot, was theoretically coming out in August. And so we were supposed to do, here's a couple of little teases with old leading in before the new comes right. together. But that didn't sort of happen that way. So, right. you know, um, uh, but I, yes, I will. I will gladly make 
glimmer. And <laughs> Uh, I don't like Glimmer. Move on to something. <laughs> I'll definitely make her. Oh, yeah, make her for sure if you <laughs> if don't I like her. If I say that, definitely. but I hate all of them. Um, oh, that's I hilarious. think for me, if I had to beg, I would say for Club Grayskull, especially an Adora uh, that actually is in more in scale. Because we have the classics one, but she's like a giant compared to the... Because it's just a different, slightly different scale, more feminine, more cartoon mm-hmm. uh, proportions. Uh, but also for the vintage line, there were like... We didn't have a, like a cartoon accurate adora as kids we mm-hmm. had the rooted hair one we didn't have a queen Mar- not that queen marlena was on shira but uh queen marlena was also a figure we didn't get in the vintage line so that would be that's a popular request uh those there, two are there's quite a few things that we would still like to get to uh good it's just, just the yeah yeah who the heck knows? I, yeah. can you it's it's when and how we get to them is right. not to be as straight a line as it was before. That's right. understandable. But uh, we will still be making things. It's That's just cool. not going to be quite the same. Right. I have one last question for you too, Brian, which is um, you showed your um, sort of Masters Classic style Toxic Crusader and Conan mm. using that style of tooling. And uh, Brian Rooney and I have talked about how amazing it would be if I don't know if you guys have ever talked about doing something like knockoff style figures in a classic style, like Sunman or the old Rimco Warlord style figures. Have you all ever talked about doing yeah, that type of thing? If Conan or any of those things do well, uh, the the interesting part is Sunman has been brought up by a couple people, and I guess it's you know the whole Omec Toys line was a very really interesting oh yeah art. Uh, my question has always been, do enough people really know, know it is, yeah. enough to buy it? Um, it's certainly got a really great backstory, a reason to exist. Uh, I thought, I, I think it would be cool to do. I just wonder if enough people will care. Right. I, I don't say that dismissively. Um, it's more, and, and you know, and I hate to say I alluded to this on other podcasts, but you know, uh, you know, the reality is, the filmation collector versus the classics collector. They're the the classics. While most of the people we're talking to here have been here for ten years, they they live and breathe the classics. Right. The reality is, from the impetus to now, there's. They've been attritioning off and getting smaller and smaller. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so the classics is a difficult line because it just barely ekes over its sort of lowest threshold for manufacturing every time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, man, classics is back. It's like, ooh, okay, you know, how can, how can we make these toys? And how do we get this stuff out there? Where the filmation stuff is just like, yeah, no problem. Right. It's it's not a problem. I'm not worried about it. Now, granted, there's been a couple figures we put in there where we're like, woo, okay, noted. You know, but uh, that's very interesting. You know, um, hmm. but you know, like I said, I said this before. It's like that's why we do sort of the the group of four and what people don't understand, like but when you signed up for the subscription with Maddie, you were signing up for 12. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, but people that was don't quite a, yeah. 
you're signing up for one. I'm actually only saying you got to sign up for four. But it's, it's... I liked the six, personally. I thought that wave of six was really exciting just to have even more because and there's always a clock ticking, and regardless of how things turn out. Um, and I just think the more the merrier. But I know people are... <laughs> Especially with the cat, with the, the Snake Mountain, it's like, stop, I can't afford anything. And it's like, well, you can either not afford it now or you can not have it at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we always have done that because, like, we have to hit this baseline that right. we you know, sort of have to get through to make these. Because by the time we're showing them off, we're already, we've invested most of the money in these things already. So we've got to make sure that we hit the bottom number on everything and so we have to sort of you know there's figures that you just don't know how they're going to perform like granita for example like, right you, that's a lot of parts that's a lot of rock you know um, yeah and you've got to make sure that she can hit those numbers because if she can't you've spent 75 percent of the money you were going to spend anyway yeah. Oof. It's so weird to me, too, because and it's just a, a testament to what you said about people dwindling off, because that was such a demanded figure for so long. And people were really upset that she wasn't included in the rock two pack. Well, it was a three pack that Mattel did it for Comic-Con. Um, everyone was like, why is she not in this three pack or is two pack? Why is it not a three pack? Um, so that I mean. The fact that this last wave with Karg and and her and um, you know just and Dialamug, I just thought these are figures that I know everyone I know has wanted for years, and the fact that they are not selling the way they you would think they would, it's just you know it means that the people that I've talked to that are like yeah I'm kind of moving away and it, you know which happens with every line is really the truth. I mean I, I don't. I don't know that I think there are a lot of fans still kind of in denial about that, that it's just not the same. And, and the evolution, like you say, towards more of the cartoon, you know, collection, which has brought new people in, I think, and refreshed the line for some some of us. I mean, for me, well, that's kind of been my focus lately. I think with a lot of the people with classics is people like them, but I can't jump into a line that's 200 pieces deep. Right. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't afford that. Where with filmation, it's like I've missed a dozen. I've missed twenty. You know, I I can get back into this. I can follow this line. There's a not even. Yeah, not even. I don't think there's even been. And you can remake He-Man and Skeletor like you did. Which yeah. People, it, yeah. We, we tried to make them different. You know, it it was no different than when we made uh, the movie figures. I right. We we spent so long on that project. And it was the thing from day one that was like, this will never happen. You will never be able to. Right. And we got it done. And I thought, man, when we show this out, people's brains are going to melt out their ears. And people were like, eh, that movie sucked. Really? <laughs> that was not my, my Really? Dream. That was the reaction. No. I thought they were incredible looking. I, the reaction oh that, I, that I saw was the opposite. There, Everyone I know was like, oh, my God, these are amazing. And Yeah, there I, was there was 25% of those people out there that were like, Finally, right. And the other the people are just like, <laughs> wow. Like, why did you waste four classic slots on this? Really? Yeah, that sh that's actually f shocking. That is shocking. You know? Yeah, that surprises me a lot. Actually, I think that. that. Uh, I mean, I, I know people. I know the only thing I heard 
negative about it being negative was that people wanted evil in because that she's so prominent in the movie and exciting and, and Meg Foster was incredible. But like, I did not hear, I mean, I, I did hear some, some resentment from some people who were like, I don't want, I, you know, I want them, but where's the regular wave? And it's like, well, you have to understand, like there has to be a balance. And there was a balance when you were subbing, oh, like there were figures that you didn't want that were there because a smaller amount of people wanted them or, or it helped kind of pay for another figure. Um, again, just not a lot of, not necessarily a lot of critical thinking about how this works. And I, I, I'm hoping that this conversation and some of the others that you've done on, you know, other podcasts might help make people just take a second and just kind of think about why it's good that you guys are doing what you're doing and, and, and be a little more patient and a little more understanding. I, I just, I hope so. Just well, remember, everyone, we are so lucky to get any of these products. My gosh, I don't want to be Mary Sunshine, but we're just so <laughs> lucky, <laughs> lucky, lucky to be that somebody wants to make this minutia of nerd nonsense yeah. we've been talking about. That somebody wants to make that is is uh, remarkable, and I really do hope everyone goes and orders that dang Snake Mountain because I want to play with that thing already. Um, yeah, I think what's hard <laughs> is that you know you get all these people and they're like everybody on the boards or everybody in my Facebook group is talking about this. And it's like okay, well your Facebook group is yeah might be a couple thousand people, but it's only a hundred and fifty active people. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and, and a few of those groups. There, there's one. There are a couple in particular that have, you know, they claim to have thousands and thousands, but most of those people were added without their knowledge. And there, yeah, there are 30 people talking and screaming and being negative every day, and it's like your perception of what's going on is not correct. Yeah, I've, there's a, there's a couple guys that message me probably every two days. Oh with God. Very, it, sometimes very, they're all very well-meaning. Yeah. Uh, sometimes very long-winded uh, <laughs> critiques. I know, I know one of them. Oh I, my I, gosh! I, yeah, I, and I'm, and he I'm, means very well, but it's no, he's, no. He's I don't often... think that the the people that don't, if, if somebody's listening and going, are they talking about me? It's like if I'm responding <laughs> to you, you're fine. You know, if I'm not responding to you, there's um. No, it's uh, you know, but it's like they they get caught up on this thing of like you know I I really need to get out there and talk. You've got this huge issue, and it's just like I know what you're talking about, but you know it's like when people after like after Toy Fair when there was all that stuff going around with people where they had all the different angles of the shots of the mm -hmm. and everything of the movie figures. of the He Man one, yeah, the He Man face, yeah. I'm just like. Like the angle you took it, the lens you used, whether it was a the filters, glass, what light, whatever, and it was just like it's the same prototype. They're like, no, there's no they long <laughs> screeds about you know like that are Zapruder film level diagnostics on right. this, and I'm like, dude, I only have one prototype here. It's right. One. See, I think you should be like, yep, you, you caught me. I did three of them. I changed them every three hours, uh, uh, every other day. And I, I, I'm trying to screw with you because no I want you all to be distracted. That uh, it costs. You know, I, I mean, I just, I feel like people want that. They want the worst answer. They yeah. want, you know, the, the, the biggest <laughs> conspiracy because then they've figured something out. And I don't mean to be condescending, but it's like, why is that fun? 
it's not that. It's just like, why would I go through that much effort? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's like, how about I just have the one? And right. it's, 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 it's not, I don't know, I guess people are just convinced at any moment that we're going to like, you know, like fold up shop and like run away to Mexico. Well, I think that that's a good point. Uh, I think fandom, particularly for Masters of the Universe, has been through that sort of thing where things have started and then stopped. Um, and I also think that you suffer the <laughs> the after effects or the the PTSD sort of of a brand manager from Mattel who I think did a really great job of making a line successful. Um, but there wasn't a lot of honesty. And, you know, I might get some flack for that, for saying that, but I do think it conditioned the market, the the the, the uh, fandom, to be suspicious of everything. And I think, on the one hand, that way of, of, of working sold a lot of subscriptions. I mean, it was like every year, it was like, oh my God, we're not at the line, we're not at the line, when in fact there were probably several times where it was plenty over the line. But it was like, I need to get this many more over the line. This, these numbers need to be this high so that I can get this vehicle made, this beast made, this playset made. But instead of telling everyone that, it was the line's going to be canceled unless you guys buy. You know, there's there's a, a guy who's a dentist on He-Man.org who bought like 300 subscriptions one year. It was like to save the line, and he, he probably ended up ha- helping us get like Castle Grayskull. But it was, but he didn't know that. He thought it was like. You know, and he ended up donating a lot of those and, and selling them to people or whatever. But I, it, it was it was a, an excellent way of selling toys. But I don't know that it did a lot to keep people involved for a long time. I think it drove some people away. It didn't well, help, you know. And there was a lot of that, like, you know, it was only on sale for half an hour and then it was gone. It right. Was just, and then they'd bring it back and put it on and then bring it back, put it away, right. back. And put, you know, it's like, well, you know. That's why, same thing from us from the get go. It's like you got a month. Yeah, right. which well, is a month great. Work, yep. You know. Yeah, those surprise ones, those chase days were not fun. I hated that. No, I mean, I would have. Days. I usually had some kind of insight, so I would know. But and you know, and then as, as a result, my friends would know, or a friend would know and tell me. And but it was still like the aftermath of that was always destructive. And it was like you're gonna get people walking away from you. I don't understand why a pre-order is not a better idea when you know you have all these customers. Well, but, and that's been the hard part, you know, when we do things like the, when we did the, the, the two pack box, uh, right. she, I mean, it was just like, our thing was just like, look, we're making the figures. They're good. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment we put the exact same figures in a two pack box, we're going to get <laughs> annihilated from these guys talking about how we're just trying to rip them off for more money and sell them <laughs> the same thing twice, blah, blah, blah. And so... See, I like that. <laughs> I don't the know. nature of how the things played out, we were like, hey, you know, we're putting up, I think it's when we put up Stridor. And yeah. we're like, why don't we just put them up, not, not tell anybody, we'll just put them up there. And that's sort of a thank you to that person that, that jumps in there for day one. I mean, I know I got a month, but I'm buying my Stridor today. Right. Like, hey, while you're here, you're probably the kind of guy that will buy packaging mm-hmm. not toy just you just want the box so yeah. we put them up there and oh my god the 
I, I, well, I, that that also was a huge hook into nostalgia for those gift sets that nobody has anymore. So I think well, people were like, oh, my God, I'll well, never have this, and it's going to be $7,000. And and everybody was just like, I can't believe I've waited this long with the five-and-a-half-inch figures, and they're already all gone. I'm like, right. I mean, like, yeah. Three weeks, and you will have more five and a half inch figures than you know what to do with. Yeah, there was a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah. Well, we 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 could have been better about. It. We we didn't realize that it was going to cause that much furor. <laughs> there are people. You hear that? That's humility. Humility goes a long way. Now That's go buy right. a mouth. Yeah, dang it. Well, I, Brian, I promise that I will only email you every two days about when my Break Into <laughs> Electric Boogaloo Series Two figures are coming out. Oh my god. because um, I'm gonna need some, you know, rival gangs to break dance with Turbo and Ozone, um, and the little, you know, the little short kid that would dance with them. I'm gonna need him too. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo is a different production company, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have well, Break. I do not have Boog- Electric Boogaloo. Well, there's plenty Boogaloo. of great characters from Breakin' to make, like the sleazy, you know, you know, choreographer, dancer that teaches Kelly. I can have him. That'd be great. <laughs> the little kid that they teach breakdancing, you know. This I'm is going to be. Making that playset, that cardboard playset. All I was just gonna say the cardboard is has is now a uh, <laughs> uh, that's a double meaning. That's that's pretty cool. Um, well, I guess for my just one one we oh, already had like four last questions. That's oh, right. Lordy. Just you are well, you're you're gonna be at at comic San Diego Comic Con. You'll be at New York Comic Con. Are you gonna be at Five Points Festival again? Daniel will be there. I will not be there. I will okay. also be at PowerCon. Good. Good. Hopefully, I can moderate again. That will. I have to bug Val about that. Yeah. And do my pre 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 panel stand up, keep the crowd in their seats and quiet and happy speech. I'm sure Val hasn't signed up for something. I'm not sure what it is yet, but uh, I'm sure we're we're on the list to do something. Good. You know. Excellent. Um, we're we're going to be there with bells on. Good. Awesome. And are you guys doing a, uh, a San Diego exclusive item? Yeah. Something. Uh, for uh, no, we are not. <gasps> oh, no. And you're not doing a what? We're not doing Skeletor's Lair this year. You're not. Oh, oh, somebody, I know why. Okay. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Somebody else might be doing some stuff. Oh, screw someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you so wow. much, Brian Fenn of Super Seven, for being here with us on Each Sold Separately. We really do appreciate your time, and I really do appreciate your honesty about the way you create yeah. your toys, and I appreciate also. Uh, just your thought process and the things you do, creating things you think, and putting so much creativity into what you think someone might want. And let me tell you, you're doing an incredible job because everyone I show, any any toy collector I show stuff like Breakin' or Classic All-Stars or Pee-Wee's Playhouse or Teen Wolf or RoboCop or They Live, I show those figures to people yeah. and they go out of their minds. And yeah, so that's, I mean, you're doing you're doing something right. Yeah, it's interesting right now. The reality is, as much as we're all well-versed in this, and I appreciate that, uh, 99% of the toy collectors out there have no idea we even exist at this point. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. stupid. Yep. That needs to change. So hopefully well, every little bit will help. One day at a time. Yes. Well, yes. we really do appreciate your time uh, talking to us, and, and you know we hope you have a good one. 
We have, yeah. have a good. We hope you have a good year because boy, the stuff you've shown this year has blown me out of the water. <laughs> so I'm real excited about it. Same. I'm trying not to make it shitty. <laughs> <laughs> And there we have it, everyone. That was great. Thank you so much, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. Check us out on Instagram at Each Sold Separately Podcast. And, and we'll put uh, up uh, Brian's photo all over the place just to yes. make him mad. How's that sound? <laughs> Photoshopped on top of Ozone of the Breaking Figures. That'll be really that's, great. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. right. Thanks again, Brian. Appreciate it.